Awesome. Let's just tell me you're awake this morning. Just to say hello there. We're all good. Excellent. Love it. So here we are. So today, this, this message is all about help me. I'm anxious. Help me. I'm anxious. And, you know, all of us will find ourselves getting anxious or worried at different times. It's normal. It's normal uh, for us to find ourselves. You've got an exam coming up. There's a bit of anxiety. Uh, You're you're, you're going for a job interview. There's a bit of anxiety about that. You're going to have a baby. There's a a bit of anxiety. That's a a bit of an unknown around that. You're going to ask that girl out on a date. Come on, you know who you are. You're going to ask her out, but you've got butterflies in your stomach thinking about that. Uh, Husbands, you know, something that will produce instant anxiety for you is just those words, honey, I just need to talk about my feelings. You can just, it starts right away. They just, they just start, you can feel it at that moment. All right, come on, don't leave me hanging out here, my own fellas. Don't pretend you've never had that moment, all right? Come on, work with me, work with me. So, so it's kind of normal for us to, to experience moments of anxiety, okay? It, it, it's, it's part of our human nature. However, many people in our society, and it is becoming more and more a challenge for people in the world we live in, and there's a number of different factors, and I won't get into that today, but anxiety is on the rise in Western society. Uh, anxiety is on the rise that numbers of people, that it's not just a normal bit of anxiety here or there, but it's crippling anxiety. It's I can't leave the house anxiety. It's I can't face uh, the day anxiety. It's I can't deal with these people. I can't can't live without something that helps me escape from the anxiety and the pressure. And that is not normal. And that is not the way that God wants us to live. And this morning, I want to help us understand what the Bible says about this. And I'm speaking from experience. I, I, I'm not talking just from theory. For, for probably over 25 years, I've had different seasons and different moments where I would struggle with anxiety. Sometimes it's been about finances, running my own business, and, and this sense of overwhelming anxiety as, as that business was going backwards. Other times, key relationships in my life have caused conflict and pressure points, and that's created anxious feelings. Other times, uh, it's my, my sense of self-confidence has been undermined and I felt inferior and, and struggled with confidence. And that in itself, when you're standing up in front of people and leading a church, has created anxiety. And I've found that God in His Word has answers for every one of us. And my prayer today is if you're struggling with anxiety in a way that's crippling your life, that you'll find some answers but also a supernatural release of God's Spirit into you that will release peace to you today. Okay, that, that, that cool? So I'd like to, I want to just give a few preliminary thoughts and then I'm going to get into this. The, the first preliminary thought is this. I've heard people do this where they, where they have too much ownership and almost wear a badge of anxiety. Oh, my anxiety is this issue for me. My anxiety. Can I encourage you? Um, see anxiety as some thoughts that you have that's not you, but it's something for you to battle with and deal with. Don't become, don't let it label you. Don't be like this guy with the car who, who let it label him so much that he got his number plate and wrote the word anxious on the on the number plate. So not someone you want to go for a ride share with, I would suggest, on a business road, okay? So that, that, that's it. Don't be labeled by anxiety, but say to yourself, I'm going to overcome anxiety. It's not who I am. It's not part of me. Now, the second thing is, if there's something that's specific that's causing you anxiety, don't be an ostrich. 
Oh, what do you mean? Don't just put your head in the sand, hope that that issue will go away and then you'll overcome anxiety, but face the issue. So if, if your marriage is, is having tension and you're, it's a constant sense of stress coming from that, then face that, get some help, do one of our marriage courses, see a specialist, see a Christian counselor, but, but face that, see some marriage coaches and we've got some in our church who could help you. If it's, if it's money, if you're continually under pressure over finances, rather than sort of running away hoping it's all going to be good face it head on and and get some answers and and get excited about doing a budget right Michael and Kate wouldn't that be a great thing so do the the money management course but face it head on and so so in terms of understanding anxiety and we've got this little drawing up here body soul spirit I want us to to understand that, that, that anxiety is a whole person issue you are, it's a whole person issue. So just very briefly, if we, if we look at this, this represents God up here, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is three persons in one. It's the Trinity. It's the nature of who He is. So when God created man, He said, this is what the Bible says, He said, let us create man in our image, not my image, but in our image, three parts. And He said, so therefore, when God made us, He made us in three parts, body, soul and spirit and you'll see in 1 Thessalonians I think it's 5 verse 13 that we are body soul and spirit and it goes like this you are a spirit okay you are a spirit a spirit is where you connect with God your spirit is the control center it's who you are as a person that's your spirit you are a spirit you have a soul that's your your mind your heart your emotions your thoughts when we interact with one another it's the soul is the is what we connect with as a, another person your personality comes through in your soul okay and then you have a physical body turn to your neighbor and say you got a good one yeah you did yeah you did all right some of you are groaning at that moment but that's okay stay with me You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. One day your body will cease to exist, okay? One one day you'll die, just like the jellyfish man, and you might not come back like the jellyfish man, but at that moment, your spirit and soul, which is eternal, will live on in that moment. So so you are a spirit, you have a soul, you have a body. So to understand anxiety, let's just understand this. Anxiety, first of all, we experience anxiety in our physical body. Your physical body experiences anxiety, all right? So let's just have an understanding of this. The reason we experience anxiety is because God's created us this way. He's created us this way to have what what some people call the fight or flight syndrome or acute stress response. And it's designed like this. If you get into a dangerous situation, then your brain, a little part of your brain, the size of an almond, which is a physical thing called the amygdala, it will actually trigger a response and release through your nervous system and your blood system uh, hormones and oxygen to give you all that you're needed to either fight or run away from the, the danger that you find yourself in, okay? And it's a physical reaction. You, 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 you know, I grew up on a farm, and there was times when you'd walk through a paddock, and then you'd see this bull out of the corner of your eye, and you're hoping it's not going to charge you. But when it does, and you're already on edge, there's already a little bit of that part of your brain, but it starts running towards you, boom. The amygdala sends this message, the flood of, of, of adrenaline and cortisol, and okay, just... My my body and I'm running faster than I can in that moment because God's created me that way. 
It's a physical thing. And so, you know, I've talked to my PE teacher when I was in, the, in, in high school, and he said I was in the war. And in the war, I saw men jump uh, barbed wire fences that they could never jump in a peaceful time, but it was the adrenaline of the fight or flight that had got kicked into their body, and they were able to do unusually unusual things because their body created that, okay? It, it, it downloaded, it dumped adrenaline, cortisone, oxygen. It's like, this is how you, how you fight. And so your body will get this particular message. And whenever your amygdala turns on and floods you, you will go through physical symptoms that are, that are part of your body preparing you for a fight or a flight. Okay, now here's the thing. So anxiety is actually what happens in your body when the, symbol, the signal goes from your, from your brain, so your soul sends a message to your brain, so your thoughts. So think of it like this. The body's the hardware. The soul's the software. The software sends the message to the hardware, your brain, this little, um, this little almond-sized thing in your brain, and says, release the adrenaline, release the oxygen. And this is some of the effects that you'll have in your body when you have anxiety or increased stress. So if we could put these up, the physical symptoms of anxiety. And it goes like this. First of all, you might find uh, that you, you actually... We've got it there. Okay, you get shortness of breath. And the reason you get shortness of, of breath is because your body is um, telling you, save up the oxygen for the fight or flight. And so you're taking more shallow breaths. You'll, um, you'll find that the oxygen, uh, it builds up and you can start to feel dizzy or lightheaded. This is, this is all part of your body preparing, all right? Uh, your heart beats, beats faster because it needs to pump, pump the oxygen around your body. So you might actually um, feel like your heart's racing and my heart, it's pounding. Why, what is that? So I've had an anxious thought. It's triggered something in my physical brain and I'm starting, my heart's racing. Uh, there's adrenaline has been released in case I need to fight or run. Okay, and in that moment, your arms, you, you might feel a tension come into your body because if you're not using the, the, the adrenaline that's in your body, you'll get a tension, a buildup. You may have been to the chiropractor once or a physio or a masseuse and they go, wow, you're really tense. There's a real, there's stress build up in your body. That's because of this thing in your brain. Um, your body, uh, okay, it prepares to cool itself down in case you're running and fighting. And so sweat is released into your body. And you're, you're starting to sweat because you're, you're anxious or, or your digestive system su uh, shuts down. The fuel that it would use to, to digest all your food, it's staving up for the, either the fight or the flight. An intruder comes into your home, and it's, it's like subconscious. You don't realize it, but bam, this thing switches on. There's a dump, a download into your body, and you're ready to either go for it or run, whatever it might be in that particular moment. That is the way that God has designed our bodies, okay? Now, the problem with that is if there's a continual message going to your brain uh, that you need to be worried about something, then you can stay in that state perpetually. And if you're perpetually in that state, you'll find that it can be hard to breathe over a period of time. Or if it gets severe, you, you can actually have a panic attack, which is your body. It's almost like a heart attack. Your body's got so short of breath because something in your brain has sent that message. Uh, or maybe over a period of time, you're living anxious and, and worried. And, and what happens is that adrenaline's in your body and it wears your immune system down and you find yourself getting sick easily. There's all sorts of different symptoms or your stomach, the, the digestive system's been affected. And after a while, you find ulcers are developing. You're not eating properly. You've got stomach pain. That's all because your body hasn't been able to relax from this fight or flight stage, which is only supposed to be temporary in different moments. 
moments. Is that making sense? So let's, let's so if we understand that, you experience anxiety. If we go back to that, you experience anxiety in your physical body. We all do. But we're not designed to be in a perpetual state or a lot of state of anxiety. So if, if we understand that, and we move on, then there are actually some physical things you can do. So we'll move on from that, that slide. Thanks, guys. There are some physical things that you can do. You can actually learn some breathing exercises when you're calm, which will help when you start to feel some panic or some anxiety kick in, and you can redirect your breathing. Okay, that's just one practical physical thing you can do, and there are websites that will help you with that. Or physical exercise is actually a great way to overcome anxiety and the depression that can come. If you're anxious for a, for a long period of time and can't see a way out, it will lead to depression, and it will, you'll have this blanket come on you as, I'm never going to get out of this, okay? So exercise will do the opposite of what the, the fight or flight will do, it will release those hormones out of your body and it will use up the oxygen that's being stored. So exercise is actually a great way physically to begin to deal with the issues of anxiety. Make sense? Just can I be practical here today? All right. So that, that's that realm. So then let's move to the soul and the spirit. And this is who you are. And I want you to understand that while the experience of anxiety is physical, the battleground for anxiety is in the soul. The battleground, so your soul is, and there's two particular things that are pivotal in your soul, and one is your mind, okay, so your brain's the hardware, but your mind's the software. The thoughts that are going through your brain comes from your soul. When you die, your brain will no longer be functioning, but you'll still have thoughts because that's part of your soul. Okay, your heart, so you have a physical heart, but the Bible also tells us we have the heart of a man. In the heart of a man, anxiety lives in the heart of a man, not the physical heart, although your soul heart is probably located there, but there's, there's an emotional center in your life that's part of your soul, and this is, the, this is where the problem lies. The problem looks like this. If we're not careful, when our the heart gets damaged, and our thoughts get unhealthy, it sends the message to our brain that we need to be anxious about something that we don't need to be anxious about. And the trigger is coming or the message is coming from un unreliable thoughts in our heart or our minds. So put it like this. Last year, Danielle and I went to Rotorua. And we're, we're having a couple of nights there and smelling the, the, the mud baths and all the sulfur fumes or whatever. And in the middle of the night, the fire alarm goes off. The smoke alarm goes off. And so, so I don't know exactly what had happened, but it's probably, probably something like this. The smoke alarm's there in case of a fire, and it will sense the smoke, warn everybody, and we all run outside. But quite possibly someone's burnt their toast. I don't know what happened. Someone's burnt their toast. It sends a signal to the smoke alarm, which is like your amygdala. Okay, it sends the signal, and it hears, there's a fire, evacuate. The whole thing goes ballistic, and, and there's about 30 of us all sitting outside our room for 30 minutes, or at, all at the central station, wondering why there's no staff, and we found out later that the, the staff member was deaf, and he had his hearing aid out, and he couldn't hear the alarm, and the, and the fireys turned up, they were not impressed at all. But anyway, but here's the thing, the, the, the alarm was there, it got the signal, it got the signal and it kicked in to do what it's done. You might have been at some apartments, the toaster went off and the alarm went off and the sprinkler system, the dump kicked in to deal with the fire, but it wasn't the real problem because the smoke alarm couldn't detect the difference between burnt toast smoke and a real fire. 
And the problem with our, this, this physical part of our brain is often it cannot distinguish between what is a real thing to kick in, a real dangerous situation, or a perceived dangerous situation. And so it can look a little bit like this. You know, you may have seen a young child and they've got bitten by a dog as a young child, or you may have got bitten by a dog somewhere in your life. And so your mind, your heart has got some attachment to dogs about what they're like, and your thoughts can be around that and there's fear. And so you, you, you kind of move on from that. And one day you come to our house and we've got this beautiful little puppy called Rocket and he runs towards you to lick you to death. But because in your heart is a memory and in your mind are thoughts that relate to your previous issue, there's no danger at all. But your heart sends the message to your brain, freak out right now, freak out right now. And you're, you're drying your mouth, you're sweating, fear overtakes you, you have a, whatever it might be. It's because it's not a real danger, but because of what's in your heart and your mind, it's a perceived danger. The same thing can happen, and I've, I've seen this happen numerous times where someone, has, and it's usually a painful experience, some sort of trauma something that we've caused ourselves, something that other, others have caused, it's got locked in our heart and it's created a thought pattern in our, in our mind, our, the software, the way we think. And in that moment, so for example, I know, I know some people and a young lady and when she was about a teenager, her father uh, committed adultery, had an affair, broke up with her mom, devastated her, devastated her in all sorts of different ways. And so 20 years later, uh, she has this heart issue in terms of what men are like, what men in marriage are like, and her husband doesn't come home one day, he's late, and immediately her heart and her mind sends the message to her brain that maybe he's having an affair. It's illogical, but it's because of the heart and the mind and the thoughts and those thoughts, and then so anxiety kicks in. And the physical symptoms of anxiety begin to kick in because the heart and the mind are communicating this message that this is, this is terrible, this is a problem, this is worry. And here's the deal. So many people, if we don't give attention to our heart and to our thoughts, that's why the Bible says guard your heart because out of your heart flow all the issues of your life. If we don't give attention to our heart and if we don't give attention to our thoughts, that's why Jesus said, I've come to renew your mind to transform your life. If I don't give attention to those things, I can live in a constant state of anxiety that will rip me off and rob me of the way God wanted me to live. Understanding that outside of these things, there is a devil, there's a spiritual enemy who wants to magnify the negative thoughts in my mind so that I live shut down emotionally. We're making sense here this morning. We're making sense. So what we have to understand, and if we look at this, I want us to look at a scripture, is the answer uh, to, to anxiety that we're experiencing physically is both a spiritual and a soul issue. It's a spirit and a soul issue. If we can go to Philippians, we'll see in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, Paul says this, be anxious for nothing. All right, that's pretty big. Nothing, all right. Don't let anything make you anxious, but in everything, this is how you deal with it, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds 
through Christ Jesus, the peace of God. So here's, here's the challenge. When, when, you're, uh, when you've never met God, when you've never received the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers, the Bible tells us that our spirit is actually disconnected from God. They're unable to communicate, unable to receive anything from God. The Bible tells us that we're spiritually blind and unable to see things in the spiritual realm. We have a spirit, but it's dead to God, cut off from God. So Jesus, when he came, when he died on a cross, he died to pay for the penalty for our sin. Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death and the death isn't to our physical body immediately or to our soul immediately. The death is to our spirit and we're cut off from God. And because God is the source of love and the source of peace, if you get cut off from God, you get cut off to the main thing that will solve your anxiety issues, the love of God flowing into your life. So when Jesus Christ came along realizing that we were spiritually dead to him and that if, we, if life had thrown us a lot of curveballs, we could be overwhelmed by anxiety. When Jesus came across, he died on a cross to make us a brand new creation, a brand new creation, a new person, not, not someone who's trying really hard to live a better life asking God, would you help me? But someone who actually comes and says, God, I'm, I'm spiritually dead and I'm trying to do it my own way and it's not working and I, I can't pay for my sin. I can't pay the penalty. I'm living with guilt. I'm living with all this stuff. And in a moment, he says, well, if you just turn around from doing things your way and turn to me, if you just put your faith in my son, Jesus, he paid for the price of your sin. In a moment, I will recreate you spiritually. He calls it being born again. I'll make you a brand new person. I'll take, instead of the DNA of your parents, which was corrupted by sin, I'll take the DNA of my son Jesus and I'll put it inside of you and you can become not just a better person, but a brand new spiritual person born again with the DNA of God, God living in you. You're now a heavenly citizen. You're now a new creation. You now have the spiritual mind of Christ. You now, you now he says, I'll give you a new heart. It's the heart of Jesus Christ in your spirit, brand new. So the, the most powerful way you can be transformed then is this, is the peace of God coming into your life by connecting with God. You, you might be here today or you're listening to this podcast and you've, you, you've wondered, how can I ever experience peace? And there's a simple answer. It's one prayer away. It's your Father in heaven who loves you and he wants to pour peace into you. I call it illogical peace. Peace that doesn't make any sense. Not, not where God comes into your life and changes all your circumstances. You're like, oh, cool, don't need to be anxious because everything's perfect now. That doesn't happen. That's not the way it works. God comes into your life and you, you commit your life to him. He comes in and because Jesus is peace, he is the Prince of Peace, he walks into your life, he lives in your heart and suddenly the bills haven't been paid. The family's still in trauma. The health condition hasn't changed. There's all of these, nothing's changed, but I've just got this illogical peace, a peace that passes understanding. And this is what the Bible says. Go back to that verse if we can. There's this supernatural peace. Your spirit is where the supernatural peace of God comes. Uh, so you pray about stuff. Let your requests be known to God. Next verse. And the peace of God from heaven will guard, here we go, your soul, your heart, 
and your mind. Remember, that's where anxiety is. It's in your heart and your mind. So there comes a supernatural peace from heaven. It's like sunscreen. The sun's still there, but you put the sunscreen on and there's a protection, a guard from the, the, the damaging rays of the sun. It's not like sunscreen makes the sun go away. Sunscreen guards you from the UV rays. God has a supernatural peace that will come into your life and it will get around your mind. It'll get around your heart. And it's not like the circumstances instantly change. They may change as you pray about them. But what happens is God lifts you up above the problems. And this peace that you're like, oh, man. And I've, I've seen so many people do this. And if I can get the keyboardist to come up right now, I've seen so many people pray a prayer of committing their life to, to God and suddenly love just floods them. They're like, oh, I, I, I lived separate from God. Now I've committed my life to God. And now this love just floods me. That's a supernatural love. And that will create a peace in your heart. I, 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 I could tell you story after story, but one particular man uh, came into our church. He came to a, to a service and he was losing weight. He had a, a trauma going on in his life. He was losing weight. He couldn't eat. He couldn't sleep. He was irritable. His mind was bombarded with the what-ifs of, a, of a, a damaging situation. And he came to church, and he did this. He reconnected with God because he had as a child known God. He reconnected with God. He got born again. And the connection with God, which peace flows through, was opened. And peace began to flow into his heart. And every day he would begin to pray. So he's, he's like overwhelmed by peace, face the circumstance, feel a flush of anxiety about the circumstances, but then go away and say, hang on a minute. I know, God, that you love me. I know that you're for me. I know that you want to help me. And he learned to pray. That's an important thing. That's an important way of dealing with anxiety. It's learning to pray. That's why one of these anxiety, one of these prayer groups would be an awesome way to deal with stuff. Because you can learn to pray and cast your burdens onto God and to exchange that for his peace. You might want to, if you're like, how do I pray? Danielle did a great message called The War Room. And if you Google on YouTube, C3 Australia, War Room, it'd be a great way to learn how to pray by casting your burdens on God and letting his peace get on you. And so you'll find, I watched this guy over 18 months. I watched him. Nothing changed. But he changed because God came in his life. And then as he learned to pray, he learned to access miracles, and then God came through on the other end. But the transformation happened because he gave his request to God, thankfully, and God's peace, which is illogical, doesn't make sense, began to guard his heart and his mind. Paul goes on and he says this in verse 8. He says, then finally, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there's any virtue, meditate on these things. He, Paul understood that you get supernatural peace through your spirit, but to keep it, you needed to watch what you thought about. And you can come to church and feel peace because God's presence is here. And you can pray and feel peace. But to keep that peace, you've got to go back to the soul, which is the battleground, and go, all right, now what am I constantly thinking about? And we replace the thoughts of worry, anxiety, worst-case scenario. We replace them with the Word of God. This is what God says. He says, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though things look really terrible, I will be with you. 
and you can fear no evil. You don't need to be anxious about anything. No matter what life deals up to you, I will be with you. And if you start to meditate, that means to say those scriptures over and over. You feel the anxiety, the, the anxiety get into your thinking. You feel it in your body. You're like, no, I'm going to reposition my mind. And I'm going to speak out loud God's scriptures. And I, I'm going to work on my thoughts. I'm going to work on my heart. I'm going to forgive people who need to be forgiven. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with the issues of my past. We run what we call freedom groups. And there'll be some discourse again on the website. These are all about how do I, how do I not let my past sabotage my future? And often we need help in that. Hard to do alone. That's what these groups are about. So Freedom Group would be a great one for that. And so it's, this morning, I'm going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to pray for a supernatural peace to come into your heart and mind. I'm going to pray if you don't know God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, connecting with Him so that you could become born again, spiritually alive, not dead, but spiritually alive. That will be so powerful. Then tonight, I'm going to preach part two of this series because I've really focused on the body, soul, and spirit. But tonight, I want to talk about a spirit of fear. Because sometimes when we have, we've got that openness in our heart and our mind, the devil can come along and we can actually have stuff that attaches itself and it gets really hard to get free of anxiety because there's a spirit of fear attached to us. And we're going to pray for people tonight to be set free from a spirit of fear. And it'll be part two of this message that'll go hand in hand. So can we close our eyes together right now? This morning, if you're saying, John, I'm, I'm one of those people who has struggled with anxiety at a level that it's affected my ability to live life to its full. Many of us will have different seasons and moments of it because of a circumstance. But for you, getting out of bed can be hard. Getting into social circumstances can be hard. It's like there's a voice in your head going continually. I'd love to pray for you right now. If you're saying, yeah, anxiety is robbing my life. Can you just raise your hand right now? I'd love to pray for you. Numbers of people. All right, keep your hand up. Father, I thank you for your power that's here right now. I thank you that where the, where the truth is, there's freedom. And Jesus, you're here. Your truth is here. And I'm praying right now, every lie of the enemy will be exposed. Jesus, every, every lie that robs people that's got locked into their thinking will be exposed and its power will be broken. Let the love of God be released right now. The peace of God that passes understanding. Release it. Release it. Release it. Let it settle on people. Let the love of the Father come right now and flow. I'm asking in Jesus' name. I'm asking. Jesus. 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 Thank you. Receive his love. Receive his love. If there's someone you start thinking about in that moment, you may need to forgive them. Forgive them. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. You may want to, at the end of the service, get one of our prayer team to pray for you. That'd be, you're very welcome to do that. Last thing, but the most important thing. If you've never prayed a prayer, that's asked for forgiveness from Jesus. If you've never become born again, spiritually alive to God, then I'd love to pray for you. Can we close our eyes again right now?
If you're saying, John, I don't have a relationship with God, but I'd love to. I know something's missing in my life. Would you pray with me? In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. I'm not going to ask you to to stand up. I'm just in your seat. I'm going to lead us in a prayer that we'll all pray. But if you're saying, I want God to come into my life, something's missing. I know spiritually I'm not alive. Then in a moment, I want you to raise your hand and say, I want to turn to God this morning. Maybe you made a decision at one point to follow God. Maybe you made a decision you, as a young person, went to Sunday school, something, and you were walking with God, but, but life's just dealt up its own things. You got busy, distracted, disconnected. It just didn't make sense for you, whatever. And you've drifted from God, and you know today that Jesus is not number one. And you need to reconnect with Him this morning. You need to give your heart to Him to make Him number one, to come back to Him. In a moment, I'd love to pray with you, and I want you, if that's you, to raise your hand. Or maybe you're just not sure. When you die, whether you'll go to heaven. And that's way too important to not be sure about. I'd love to pray for you to have an assurance in your heart. So eyes are closed, heads are bowed. Right now, if this is you, you're saying, John, I need that relationship with God. I need a new start. I need God to come into my life. I need that peace that you're talking about that can only come spiritually. And I want to connect with God. Would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to be right with God. I want to connect with him today. If that's you, wherever you are, say, that's me. I want God in my life. I want to be born again, spiritually right with God. Just looking across the congregation right now. Thanks. I see your hand. That's awesome, champ. Fantastic. Who else right now? You're saying, that's me too. I drifted. I got distracted. God's not number one anymore. I need to make a a 180 degree change. I want to come back to him. Thank you. Back row there, back in the second row. I see your hand. Who else right now? You're saying, that's me too. That's me too. I had all good intentions, but I've just got so far away from God and I need to get right with him again. I need to come back to him. I'd love to include you in this prayer. If that's you, would you raise your hand as well? Say, John, that's me. I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Something's missing in my life. Wherever you are, wherever you are, Wonderful. All right, I want us to pray this prayer together. Those of you who raised your hand, pray this prayer from your heart. We're going to join with you together. Church, pray this together. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent Jesus to die for my sin. And I'm sorry, I've lived my way, and I'm turning to you to live your way and to worship you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and God's power. I thank you today that I am forgiven, that I'm born again, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.